right, well, uh, take your Bibles and go with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. This morning, we're going to start a, a three-Sunday morning series, okay? We're going to do a mini-series again. Um, and, uh, and we're going to do this because if I tried to put it all in one, we'd never get out of here. Um, but uh, we're going to look at this thought starting this morning, and, uh, and then we'll do it the next two Sundays as well, Lord willing, and the Lord doesn't change anything or alter things for us. But um, we're going to look at, at this thought of seeing the great I am. Now, we could go probably several months and not exhaust this particular focus, but we're going to try to keep it compressed into three Sunday mornings. And uh, this morning is very encouraging, so I want you to hold on. I'm going to try to get through it rapidly uh, as possible. Um, but I, I want us to look and see. We, we see several times throughout Scripture where the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's referring to Jehovah God, refers to himself as the I Am. Uh, and he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. As we look into God's Word, we get the precious privilege of meeting and knowing the great I Am in a more, more personal way. And we'll see him in the New Testament through Jesus Christ himself, but we'll get there, which, by the way, we'll just... You want, to, you want to know why they were so infuriated when Jesus claimed to be God? He claimed to be the I Am because they understood the I Am to be Jehovah God. And, uh, and I'm going to show you some of that. So this morning, we're, we're going to look at seeing the great I Am in Genesis, the book of Genesis. But we've got to start in Exodus to get there, okay? And so, but we're, let, let's look at Exodus chapter 3. Look at verse number 10 through verse number 15 with me. Now, this is the time frame when, uh, when God is desiring to deliver his people, Israel, out of Egypt. And he's going to use Moses. Now, Moses, as most of us uh, do, Moses got ahead of God. And Moses, in his position in Pharaoh's house, though he, did not, he was not naturally born to that, we know the story of, of how he was placed into the Nile and all, and, and, and how Pharaoh's... Um, uh, uh, um, Daughter found Moses and, and made, it, made, made him as her own, and yet and God was so good. Um, uh, Moses' mother just obeyed, believing that there was something special, was not going to let uh, the, the command to kill uh, the, the Hebrew children and the boys especially, not going to let that uh, touch their family. And so she, by faith, gave her son to God. It's a good, good uh, lesson for parents to learn. He gave, uh, she gave her son to God and placed him in a basket, put him in the Nile and said, God, he's yours. I trust you to take care of him. Pharaoh's daughter finds him. He's raised in Pharaoh's house uh, as one of the royal family. And uh, he is seen as a son of Pharaoh. 
And uh, unfortunately, he let that go to his head. And when he saw, he knew where he was from. He knew his people. And when he saw his people being misused and abused, he killed an Egyptian in defense of his people, trying to be a deliverer, but it wasn't God's time. And that wasn't God's way. So Moses runs. He lives in the backside of the desert. He flees for his life. And we find now when God is ready to, to deliver his people, he's still chosen Moses. And Moses has a hard time seeing that God is going to use him to do this. So we find ourselves with Moses standing before the Lord uh, with the burning bush scenario that's taken place. And uh, the Lord is telling Moses, I'm going to send you. And so look at verse number 10 down to verse number 15. This is where we find ourselves with God speaking to Moses. It says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, rightfully, Moses is questioning, Who am I that you're going to do this with me? That, that's, that, that's a good way to, to view anything when it comes to God saying, I want to use you. That's <laughs> Lord, I, I'm nobody. Um, the, matter of fact, it, it's the nobodies that God tends to want to use a lot more than the people who think they're somebody. Why? Because the nobodies are a lot more moldable and, uh, and humble to be used as God intends instead of telling God how it needs to be done. And so here's Moses. In that sense, he, he's not, not in, a, in a wrong state of mind, but he develops a wrong state of mind because he begins to argue with God because <laughs> honestly, he didn't want to go. But we see here, um, Moses begins to struggle, and he goes on in verse number 12, and his Bible says, and he said, certainly I will be, God said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee, uh, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. What he's saying is, hey, listen, the token of knowing that, that you are the one is I'm sending you. That's, what, that's all you need to know. Moses, I'm telling you, I have chosen you. I'm sending you. I'm going to use you. Verse number 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. What is that name and what is that memorial? I am. And, and I want to see the I am, the great I am, in the book of Genesis this morning. And then next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll look and we'll find him in the book of Isaiah. And then we'll find him in the third Sunday in the book of John through Jesus himself speaking of 
He is the I am, the bread of life. I am several different things. And so we'll look at that um, uh, in, in a couple of Sundays. But this morning, we're going to go to the book of Genesis together, and I'm going to try to go through this. So y'all listen quickly as I get through this quickly, because trust me, it will be a great encouragement to us this morning as we see what God says to Abraham in the, in the fact of I am. Let's pray and then we'll look at this. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word that we're about to look at. I pray that you would help us to see you in all that you said to Abraham and all that you said to, to those of the past, Lord, and also the promises that we have even for us today. You have never changed from who you are. You're always the same. If you are the I am then, you are the I am now. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see this and understand it, and Lord, and be able to hold on to this truth as a child of God. There's one here who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. They don't know where they're going to spend eternity. They don't understand the importance of knowing the great I am in a personal way. I pray that you'd help that individual to see their need of salvation this morning. And I pray that they would be willing to say, I need to talk to somebody about receiving Christ before this day is out. Again, meet with us, show us yourself through this. We ask it all in Christ's name, amen and amen. Go with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, and this is where we're going to spend the majority of our time. I'll reference a few other passages, but this is where we're, we're basing ourselves out of this morning. Just three simple statements of I am that I want to point out to you here this morning. Genesis chapter 15. And verse number 1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. This is before he was, his name was changed to Abraham. Came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. This is actually the very first place uh, in the Bible that you see the mention of God speaking, saying, I am this or that to an individual. I am uh, the individual that you need. I am the one uh, that will take care of you. I am the one that will guide. And so he's talking to Abraham, or Abram, who will be known as Abraham, uh, prior to the birth of Isaac. Abra Abram and, and Sarai, or known as Sarah, as we often would, would, uh, would know her, Abraham and Sarah. Um, but uh, Abram uh, does not have a son in his marriage. Unfortunately, he already has a son, an heir. Um, you find as you read through this, um, there, there is Abraham getting ahead of God and trying to do something um, for his own benefits. You, you see that later. But um, as a whole, this is God looking at Abraham and telling Abraham that he is what he wants him to do, where he wants him to go, and, uh, and Abraham, as Abram in this moment, uh, is finding out and meeting um, who the great I am really is. 
And so in this statement, uh, the, the first part of this statement of verse number one, we see the I am thy shield. He looks at, at Abram and he tells them to fear not. Don't be afraid. Where, where you go, what, what you're asked to do, the different places that, that, that you are going to run into individuals, whether they are favorable to you or not, the different circumstances that you are going to, to, to encounter, uh, the hardships, the heartaches. He said, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. When I think of that statement of God declaring that he is Abram's shield, I think of several other places where he is mentioned as a shield. In Psalm 91, verse 1 through 4, this is, this is fun. This right here is good, all right? Y'all ready? Verse 9, chapter 91, verse 1 through 4, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. I'm reminded of that song. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love can sever? Under his wings my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Well, isn't it nice to know that we have a God, the God, Jehovah God, who is the I am your shield. I am the one that can protect. I am the one that can guard. I am the one that can shelter you under my wings. My truth is your shield and buckler, oh, by the way, can anybody remember who it is that claimed to be truth? Jesus Christ himself says, I am the truth and the way. Therefore, the I am is the very truth that is my shield. You go to Second uh, Samuel 22, verse 1 through 3. It says, and David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. Lord is my shield. Psalm 28 and verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. Psalm 119, 114 says it this way, Thou art my hiding place. 
and my shield. I hope in thy word. Powerful, powerful truth. The I am who is our shield. You also have, secondly, I told you I wasn't going to be very long this morning. Secondly, you have the, the last part of that. I am thy shield. And then it says, and thy exceeding great reward. So you see now here the I am thy reward. But it's not just any reward. In this passage, there, there is the added emphasis to the fact the Lord is our reward. He's not just a reward or any reward. He is our exceeding great reward. There is no reward greater than the Lord himself. You say, how does, how does that make sense? How do you tie it together? Well, I'll put it this way. Of all the great and wonderful blessings received in this life, and may I say as bad as life can be and as hard as life can be and as struggling as things can be in this life, there are still many things that we look at and, and we can see the blessings within life. And of all the blessings that we receive Within this life, none can compare to the reward of having the Lord himself in my life. We say oftentimes, and I know this afternoon will be one of those time frames, especially for the Wigington family. But when we deal with loss and we deal with suffering, we deal with hurt, we often say a child of God will look and say, and I hear it so many times, I just don't understand how the world can survive this kind of hurt without God. And may I say, let's just be honest, they don't. That's why you see the massive amount of wailing. That's why you see people who go years and years and years with bitterness and anger and hurt because of somebody they lost. You see people go from being happy to being just, just nasty and ugly and nothing's good. They used to be the, the encouraging one and, and all of a sudden they flip and, and now there's nothing good in life. There's nothing worth living for. Now may I say, that should not be shocking for someone who doesn't know the Lord is their Savior. It should be shocking for someone who claims to be a child of God. Though we hurt and though we feel pain and suffering, the Bible de declares that we are not to, to grieve as, as those who have no hope. Doesn't mean that there's not grief. Doesn't mean there's not hurt. Doesn't mean there's not struggle. But we're not to grieve as, as others. We're not to sorrow as others who have no hope. Your sorrow might be present in this flesh, but with that sorrow and with that grief and with that hurt comes the knowledge that no matter how dark the day, no matter how, how long the night may seem, I go through the darkness and I go through the night and I go through the suffering, but I don't go through it alone. Because not only is He my shield, but he is my reward. 
It is the, the, the greatest blessing of this life is to know that I can go through life without being alone. And it has nothing to do with having a good wife or a good family or good church family or good friends when all else might be impossible to actually measure up to what I need, there is one who never fails to measure up to what I need at any given moment. He has all and is all that I need. There is no greater and no exceeding reward better than God Himself in my life. I enjoy the blessings. I'm glad that we, we get things in, at time in this life that really help life being, be enjoyable. And, and, and no, stuff does not give you joy, but it sure does help. Y'all laugh, okay? Money doesn't bring joy, but it doesn't hurt having enough to pay your bills and having enough, I mean, having money extra to even give to others in need. I mean, I'll be honest with you, when, when you have, have the ability to give and do for others, whether you have it, and you do it out of your abundance or you don't have it and you do it just out of your obedience. Regardless, uh, you know, when you give, there's, there's a joy that comes with being able to do. There's a joy that there, there is a nice uh, uh, relaxing feeling with being able to accomplish that which needs to be accomplished without having to worry about where is it going to come from? <laughs> so don't get me wrong, okay? May, let's be honest. When you get something new that you've been wanting, it'll bring joy. Now, it's not lasting joy. It's not eternal joy. I mean, it's not going to help you 24-7, and I can prove that just by the phone you have. You get the newest phone that comes out. I mean, it could come the day that, matter of fact, you can even, you can buy it ahead of time. And you know as soon as it's released, it's coming to you. You're going to be one of the first ones with it. And when you get it, I mean, it is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. You got that new phone. You got that new device. Woo, man, I'm a happy character. And then, uh, you know, a few months later, they come out with a newer version. All of a sudden, all the happiness that thing gave me doesn't quite measure up to what that one would give me. Right? I, I will give you this. I, I got to hurry and be done. But um, I remember as a kid, I remember growing up, again, I, I am old enough to know what it is to have computers that go, okay, I, I, I actually built several of them um, and, uh, and, and, you know, kicked them every now and then because they didn't want to connect. Uh, but I, I know what a true floppy is. I know what Dig Dug on a computer, you know, the little bitty screen in Atari style. I, 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 I do know those things. Um, uh, the word typing games where this little, you know, little pixelated things are falling and you're typing words before it destroys your little town. I, I had all that kind of stuff in school. Some of y'all are as old as I am or older, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I remember watching, I remember when the computers came out. Y'all remember the big old, big old huge towers, and they were nothing compared to the screen. You carried the screen like this because, I mean, huge old monitor screen and uh, none of this stuff like we have today. But um, big old huge monitor screens, 
And I remember watching, there was a commercial about a brand new computer that had come out. And boy, they, they hit it dead on. And uh, there was this guy, and I might have told this story before. I don't know, but I like it, so I'm going to tell it again. Um, but he, he, had a, he had himself a convertible. He's pretty fancy. You could tell he always buys the top of the line, the best. When it comes out, he gets it. He's going to have it. And here he is. He, he's in a store. He's coming out of a store with this big, huge box. You know, it takes the entire back of the, of the convertible, the whole back seat. This box is sitting out like, honestly, he's in a convertible, and he looks like the Beverly Hillbillies driving down the road, this huge old box sticking out of it. And, uh, and, and you can see that he's got the picture of the computer with a big old huge screen, the little keyboard, all the different stuff. And, and boy, he's, he's driving all cool, dude. He's, mm-hmm. he's got his hand back there. He's patting on his, his pride and joy back there. Boy, I got myself the number one. And he looks up. He stopped at a red light and he looks up. And up there is a billboard. And on that billboard is pasted the advertisement for the very computer that he's got. Mm-hmm. And he's looking over at these people, mm-hmm, I got one. <laughs> and, then, and then about that time, he looks back up, and here is one of the workers putting up a new sign. And they're rolling the new sign up, and what's the new sign? Brand new version, <laughs> better than the last one. And here he is with the last one, and the brand new one's being advertised in the stores for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, the big, huge grin just went, and you see him just drive off, okay? That is how we are. Stuff can give you enjoyment and quote-unquote happiness temporarily. Uh, money can give you happiness tri- temporarily, and I can prove that by just, you know, asking anybody that's won the lottery. It's all happy, happy, happy until everybody that you didn't know was your, you know, family comes out of the woodwork, and next thing you know, you're spending over half of it on lawsuits trying to keep it. Again, they're, they're, money does not satisfy, things do not satisfy, but they can bring a temporary happiness. But as a whole, all the blessings of this life and all the stuff we can reward ourselves with or even God himself rewards us with in this life, none of it compares to the fact that God himself is my exceeding great reward. If I lost everything this world says matters in life, but I still have my Lord and Savior with me. I'm a rich man. He is my reward. And he tells Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I want you to go to one other place with me. Uh, Genesis 28. Genesis chapter 28. And look at verse number 10 to verse number 15. And I'm just going to give this to you and we're going to wrap it up. It's pretty self-explanatory. But not only is he the I am that is my shield, and he is the I am that is my reward. He is the I am of my promises. You look at Jacob at this time frame, Genesis 28, and you find, you find a statement being made here to Jacob, in verse number 10 down to verse number 15. Listen to what the Bible says. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. 
And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord, all caps, Jehovah God, stood above it and said, I am the Lord. I am. I am the Lord, God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. Now, he's talking to Jacob. So he said, I I am the God of Abraham thy father, Isaac thy father, and I'll be your God. I, I am the I am. And he goes on. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and uh, will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. What is that? That is Jehovah God, the I am of this life, saying, Jacob, I am the one who gives you the promises and I am the one who will fulfill them. Every promise, and it is another kind of song uh, that you probably heard, but every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. God has never once failed his promises to mankind. He hasn't. Every promise in this book is yours. And may I say this, should you find yourself feeling low, seek out the many promises that the child of God can cling to for encouragement. Because every single promise in this book given to the child of God are promises given by the great I am and they will be fulfilled by the great I am. And so every promise that we can hold to, by the way, one of them, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. A promise of God that he will not fail. He is the I am of the promises of his word. And the I am will always keep his word. He is my shield. He is my reward. And he is the one who keeps, who makes and keeps the promises that I hold to. That I hold, put it this way, that I hold on to. <laughs> and sometimes it's just knowing that God never fails me. He's not the I was. He's not just the I is or I are. <laughs> he is the I am for all time. It always. He never will not be the great I am. My shield, my reward, and the one who keeps and holds the promises that I hold on to. May I say, the great I am still 
is. Maybe this morning you just need to realize who he is. Maybe, maybe there's somebody this morning who's never received Christ as their Savior. He is the only way of salvation. You don't know the great I am. You know of him, that might be great, but knowing of him and knowing him personally, being his child, two different things. You don't get to the Jehovah God, great I am. You don't get to being a child of his without going through the blood of Jesus Christ, receiving the free gift of salvation. If you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning, then that is your need. That is the starting point. If you're a child of God, you know for sure where you're headed. You know Christ is your personal Savior. Your eternity is settled. Don't forget, you can see the great I am all throughout his word. And you can see the great I am working all throughout your life. If you look to see. Because the great I am still is. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning.